0: Over the last several weeks, um, we have been doing a a series here. Really, Pastor Dave has been working this series, talking about you asked for it. So many weeks ago, inside your bulletin, there were some index cards. And in the index cards, it gave everybody an opportunity to just write out any questions that they had about about anything. And we talked about how we could look at it from a, a Christian standpoint. So... A few weeks ago, Pastor Dave talked about what is God's will for my life, and we looked at the scriptures as it related to our purpose in life. If you haven't heard it, it's, it's on the website, or you can talk to the guys in the back at the, at the sound booth, and you might be able to, to get it. But Pastor Dave preached about what is God's will for my life, and just looking at purpose. And then the following week, we talked about who am I as a Christian. Very important question. Who am I as a, as a Christian. And then the final message from at least last week, Pastor Dave talked about the family model and is the family model out of mode? And what he was pretty much talking about was the importance of the family being structured on a husband and wife and the impact that it can have and the reason that it's designed that way by God from a Christian standpoint. On this morning, we're going to talk about this idea of coexistence. Can we coexist? And really, when we're, we're talking about this, this idea of coexistence, um, we're, we're starting to see this, this idea being pushed more and more throughout society. You can't, sometimes you can't even travel on the roads without seeing it on the back of somebody's vehicle. My commute is into Washington, D.C., and quite often I will see on somebody's bumper sticker the idea of coexistence. Can we coexist is the question for this morning. So, Lord, on today, God, I just ask that you be with us, Lord. God, I ask that you teach us your truth from your truth, God. Allow us... To be open to what you say through your word, God. Change our minds when they need to be changed, change our hearts when they need to be changed, God. But make us open on this morning to what thus says the Lord. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So when people are driving around with these, these bumper stickers that say coexist, I kind of get the idea of what they're trying to say. I mean, really, it's an image to try to promote peace to some that's that's what it is it's an image to try to promote peace and for others it's it's an image to just try to say okay well you know we should all be able to believe what we want to believe and just kind of kind of get along because it's really not important what somebody else's else's belief is the only thing that's important is my own belief so we should be able to to coexist and and I I kind of get that but when we really look at this logo I'm going to tell you guys what this really means. This coexists logo, and it's a a push for for religious tolerance. The C in the logo, it it stands for Islam. It's the the logo for for Islam, so that's what the the C is for. The O stands for for peace. It's a sign for for peace, so okay, I get it, the the Islam, the, the peace. The E is for male and female. So male and female, men and women, boy and girl, just trying to get along. The X represents Judaism. The I is for paganism. The S, the yin and yang construct, the the, the black and white model there is for Confucianism. And of course, at the very end, the T is for Christianity. Christianity. And so the image that is being, being presented when, when, when the world is talking about coexistence, when the world is talking about tolerance, is really trying to, to, to form a melting pot of a bunch of different faiths into one, a bunch of different ideas into one. And if you don't embrace that, then you're not being tolerant. And the, the word tolerant is looked at in a, in a negative light. Now, I don't know who designed this logo, and um, I certainly have some, some challenges with the logo from a, a biblical standpoint. But let me tell you, from my own Christian worldview, there is one thing that I really like about this logo, from my, from my Christian worldview. For me, when I look at this word coexist, the C and the, the T and everything in between, it's a healthy reminder, at least for me. It's a healthy reminder that the word tells me that what is first is going to be last and what is last is going to be first. And that's the idea behind this this attempt for for tolerance. So when when we're breaking this word down, tolerance, what does it mean? Okay, it means to engage and indulge in practices and beliefs that are different than your own that's what tolerance is you're 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 engaging you're indulging in the practices the beliefs that differ from your own and when you really look at the word to indulge what indulge really means is to participate in and so as we're really looking at the root of this word tolerance this the root of the idea of trying to coexist. What it's really trying to teach us all is to participate in the faith and beliefs of others that are different than our own. And that's what is being pushed right now. It's, it's really trying to, to get us all to, to, just, to just embrace any different type of concept. And, and as Christians, we really need to be careful when we're dealing with this idea of coexistence, and when we're dealing with this idea of tolerance. See, what the world wants you to do is to just go ahead and, and try it, just to go ahead and allow others to do it, and you go ahead and, and, and get a feel for it yourself. So it's okay if you get invited to another church that does something mystical. It's, 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 it's okay if you go ahead and, and you pray to the East. Christians, you can go ahead and do that just like the Muslims. when we're encouraged to just try it there are some significant ramifications are some some significant difficulties issues potential problems that come with that idea of tolerance see when Adam and Eve just wanted to try something different that was outside of the practices and beliefs of their own They had what God instructed them to do, but Adam and Eve decided that, you know what, we can go ahead and taste from this fruit ourselves, from this tree. And as a result of them trying something that was outside of the beliefs and the practices of their own, as a result, sin came into the world. When David, man of God, king of Israel, raised in the synagogues, had strong teachings, Prophets all around him, constantly being filled with the word. He decided one day to step outside of the practices and the beliefs of his own, and he saw this beautiful woman one day. And he decided to practice something else, and as a result of him practicing something else, he had a child with her. Not only did he have a child with her, and he was trying to figure out what he was going to do. Oh, man, this woman is already married. I know that's against my, my, my own faith, but I got to figure out something. Okay, the way to answer this, uh, since I just tried it, the way to answer it is to kill her husband. So that was David's response. Just trying something that was different than the practices and the beliefs of his own. We have Judas, and when we, 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 we know about Judas, we often talk about Judas when it's, when it's Easter time, but looking really at Judas's life, he was a disciple, so he was following Christ. You can't get no closer to the word than following Jesus Christ. And he decided for himself that he was going to participate in the practices of something that was different than what he was being taught. And so as a result, he contacted the Jews and decided... That he was going to set Jesus up. And he got paid for it. But after he got paid. That decision to participate in the beliefs and practices that were outside of his own. Caused Judas to kill himself. So we see it throughout scripture where men and women of of, of God are being challenged. With whether or not they're going to stand on what they have been taught what they believe or if they're going to make the adjustments to appease society. Now, I like Job. Job was real cool. Job had pressures coming from all over the place as it related to to tolerance. He had a wife that was in his ear trying to get him to denounce what he had been learning, to denounce his relationship with God. But Job decided that he was going to stand firm on the promises of God, regardless of what anybody else thinks. And it can be difficult not listening to people that you live with. But Job decided he was going to stand firm on the Lord. And God blessed him tremendously because he wasn't willing to participate in the practices that were different than his own. When we're talking about coexistence, can we coexist? When we're talking about this piece of of tolerance, what we're really looking at is sin. When you're thinking about adjusting the lifestyle that God expects of you in order to make someone else happy, what we're talking about is really sinful action. And so there are three responses that we can have to sin. The first response is, is you could simply accept it. 2 Corinthians eleven three 3 and 4 says, but I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes to you and preaches a Jesus other than the Jesus we preach, or if you receive a different spirit from the spirit you receive, or a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it easily enough. And so often in society, the response to sin is to just, you know what? It is what it is. We just accept it. And that's what Adam and Eve did. They went ahead and, and, and just went ahead and, and accepted. The, the second response to sin is that you can just go ahead and adapt to it. Job 31, 33, and and I'm going to read it from the the new King James version, because it it provides a little bit more context than our usual NIV. But right here it says, if I have concealed my sin as people do by hiding my guilt in my heart. And in the new King James, he says, if I have covered my transgressions as Adam by hiding my iniquity in my bosom. So the second response to to sin is just to adapt to it. You guys have heard about the story of, of Adam and Eve. After they ate from the forbidden fruit, all of a sudden, Adam realized he didn't have any clothes on. And so the way he adapted to the exposure of sin that he embraced was that he figured that he would just go ahead and try to cover himself. And so when the Lord saw Adam, The Lord simply asked him, how do you know you're naked? He knew he was naked because he had committed a sin and now he had exposed himself completely because he was willing to change the beliefs and practices of his own for something else. And so his response was to cover himself, to adapt to the sin. The third response to sin is that you can simply address it. Paul said in Galatians that brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. You who live by the Spirit, stressing this, should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. And so you have the opportunity to be completely opposed to it. You can address it, be opposed to it. You can adapt to it, or you can simply accept it. And the Lord gives us those those options. and, And in his word, he says, brothers and sisters, again, if somebody gets caught in the sin, please address it. But address it in love. Watch the way that you address it. So as we continue to, to, to dig in his word, we're going to exhaust the scriptures this morning because this idea of tolerance is permeating the, the whole country and it's having an impact on the church. A long time ago, um, at some point I, I had kind of learned that uh, the more that you, you learn the more that you can earn. And you can apply that to just about anything. The more you learn, the more you earn. And it's not to say in this context that the more you learn is automatically going to give you more things in heaven. I'm not saying that. But the word does tell us in 2 Timothy 2.15, the study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing, the word of truth. And so what we want to do this morning by looking at the scriptures is that we want to help you figure out exactly what our response should be when the expectation is for us to participate in the beliefs and practices that are not of our Heavenly Father. A lot of times uh, people they have these uh these abstract ideas. They have these new concepts and um the way that they want to paint it is by giving you big words. They'll go ahead and and sell it because big words makes them think that oh man, make you think you know what you know they know what they're talking about. Think about a an ink pen. It's those of you that are that are taking notes this morning. There's the ink pen and somebody that is really trying to get you to participate in their own practices and beliefs. They'll see your ink pen. You're taking notes with your ink pen. This is a great writing utensil. It's doing everything you need it to do. But they'll approach you and say, you know what? I see you writing with that ink pen. Do you know about the problems of the ink pen? First of all, do you know the ink pen is filled with ink? And ink is something that can come from the octopus. And the octopus creates this ink and it contaminates the ocean water. And that is why when you go swimming, you can't drink of the salt water because of the ink that has contaminated the water. I don't think you should be using the ink pen because it's very dangerous. Instead, I think you should use the pencil. I think you should use the pencil because the pencil is really not filled with, with lead. That, that's, that's wrong. It's really not filled with lead. Instead, the pencil is actually made with graphite and clay and water. It's mixed at a high temperature and then it's it's put into these thin rods and then it it goes inside the, the pencil. All of it is a natural element. Really, this pencil, you can call it organic. And the pencil was made... To be used by people It was a gift from God directly Not the ink pen and that poison That's inside the ink pen But the pencil Is meant by God Let me tell you This pencil is so great That the graphite that is inside this pencil Not only is it a natural element But the graphite comes from the Greek word to write oh, man, this brother knows English and Greek. (laughs) He must know what he's talking about. And so instead of using the ink pen, which has had its benefits for me, been using it for years, because someone comes with these abstract ideas, we throw the pen away, and we use the pencil. It's the same way with these new religions and these new ideas. They come at us talking about all of this stuff because their effort to get you to change, to get you to participate in the beliefs that you haven't been used to, they'll tell you that they're just going to enlighten you. And so that becomes the danger. So our problem is that people are making up their own message to fit their desired life. People make up their own message to fit the desired life. Well, it could just be that, you know, for that ink pen person, maybe he ain't have enough to to get an ink pen. He just found the pencil on the floor and now he, but you know what? He's going to fit it to his desired life. The word says, for if someone comes to you and preaches a Jesus other than the Jesus we preach, or if you receive a different spirit from the spirit you received, or a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it easily enough. Let me show you what we put up with. We put up with Scientology. We put up with Satanism we put up with with Hinduism and and one of my favorites, we put up with Jedi Knights. (laughs) Paganism, witchcraft, wicca, voodoo, all built to fit the desired life of someone else. Christian science. I know some of y'all like Mission Impossible and y'all f- fans of Tom Cruise and you know all that but Christian science believe that Jesus is just a man Christ has a spirit and the holy ghost is divine science But you're telling me to be tolerant to simply embrace to fit into the beliefs and practices of something that is not my own. Spiritualism, it, it, it's really looking at Christ as some high order, some medium. Nothing to do with Jesus. It's just a medium. It's just a spirit. The universalists, they, they'll tell you that, you know what? Man and God, they're really One. And so when people are trying to come up with these different ideas to fit their own lifestyle, that's why you can travel to different cities. And and I'm I'm, I'm from the north. I'm from Philly. But let me tell you, you could go to somewhere like North Jersey or, or New York, and they can greet you, what's up, God? What's up, God? And they can call you God because they have fitted the message of God and God's identity into who they want God to be as opposed to who God really is. So that's the first problem. It's it's meant to fit somebody's desired life. The second problem is that people are making up their own message for opportunities to rule over others. The word says, and I will keep on doing what I am doing in order to cut the ground from under those who want an opportunity to be considered equal with us in the things that they boast about. And if you, if you have your word, and I'm, I'm going to continue on in, in here, Second Corinthians 11, just continuing on, verse 13, he says, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. And so people come up with these new religions, these new ideas, only because they want an opportunity to rule over other people. The third part of the problem is that people are making up their own message because we tolerate it. 2 Corinthians eleven nineteen 19 and 20 says, You gladly put up with fools since you are so wise. In fact, you even put up with anyone who enslaves you or exploits you or takes advantage of you or puts on airs or slaps you in the face. And so these new religions, these new ideas come up because simply because we're, we're, we're tolerating it. The country says that it's good, so that must mean that it's, it's good. The, the, the problem is people don't want to believe in God. People don't want to believe in a, in a God who demands righteousness and so people go ahead and make a God of their own who, who's free, who's okay with you just freely living however it is that you want to live. People don't want to uh, serve a God that tells you that you can't earn your way into heaven. But the only way you could get into heaven is by believing in Jesus Christ. Well, no, that doesn't seem right. There's got to be something that I'm doing. And so faith will tell you that you got to work your way. Every day, I want you outside knocking on doors. Every day, I want you lighting some incense. Every day, I want you fasting. Every day, I want you doing this. Every day, I want you doing that. Because we can't understand how a God would allow us into heaven unless we're doing something. Of our own, people don't want a relationship with with God who is who is sovereign, and so they make God out to be exactly who they who they want Him to be, and it's led to to tons of issues. Now, just Friday, we had a situation where uh, the courts of our of our country. Um, they went ahead and and made a judgment based on homosexual marriages. Why? Because we accept it, we adapt to it, because we tolerate it. And if you can imagine an an, an iceberg, and I know we, we, we had one here, but just think about an iceberg itself. You see some of what's going on on the surface but you have no idea the impact what is holding on to the pieces of ice at the top? And so it started out as as a decision in just certain states. All right, that state, you go ahead and pass it. Cool, no impact on the rest of the country. That's fine. That was your decision. Maryland, you passed it. Good job. Next state passed it. Next state passed it and it got passed throughout the entire country. Not understanding what's beneath the surface, the implication that being that for those that do not even recognize it or accept it, because they're willing to stand by what they believe in, the impact being because we tolerate it, that some churches now feel that they have to automatically accept the rulers that come down from the courts that an independent business owner in in a free country, a free society that we call America, now has to make adjustments based on what society tells us that we have to believe. Why? Because we tolerate it. In Galatians 6, the word says, starting at at verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. So that's the problem that we're facing with. That is is what is going on. When we see this idea of coexistence, when we see this piece of tolerance, please tolerate it. When they're saying, please tolerate it, that's the bigger issue at hand. And so here's our response. Based on the word. True believers in God follow Jesus Christ. True believers in God, you can call God what all you want, little little G, whatever it is that you know you want to call him, but true believers in God follow Jesus Christ. The word says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So if you're going to be a believer in God, then first you must know Jesus and you must follow Jesus. The second point coming from John 10, 28 is that true believers in God receive the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Ain't got nothing to do with the amount of work you're doing. But it's a gift of God through his son, Jesus Christ. And so the scripture says, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. And then our final position is that true believers in God cannot be, cannot be, cannot be. It is impossible. Cannot be separated from Jesus Christ. True believers in God. I'm not talking about somebody that made it up. They just thought that they're a believer in God. No, but true believers, people that have sacrificed themselves, that have given up their heart and have confessed it, can't be separated from Christ. The scripture says, my father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my father's hand. I and the father are one. So that brings us to our conclusion. Our position is pretty simple, but that brings us to our conclusion. Do all religions lead to God? I would say yes, they lead to his judgment. I'm not preaching heresy, don't worry about that. They lead to his judgment. But there's only one religion, there's only one faith, there's only one relationship that is going to lead you to eternal life. And that is through Jesus Christ. I'm going to conclude with this scripture from Acts. And then we're going to pray. Acts 17, verse 24. It's God who made the world and everything in it. Since he is Lord of heaven and earth, he does not dwell in temples made with hands as though he needed anything. Since he gives to all life breath. And all things And he has made from one blood, every nation of men, to dwell on all the face of the earth, and has determined their pre-apportioned and pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings, so that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for Him and find Him. Though he is not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move. And have our being, as also some of your own poets have said. For we are his offspring. Therefore, since we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, something shaped by art and man's devising. Truly, these times of ignorance God overlooked. But now commands all men everywhere to repent because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. So ladies and gentlemen, that's our conclusion. There's only one way to God. We can't embrace what everybody else is believing in because there's only one way. And if others want to come into that door with us, if they want to coexist with us, then they need to tolerate our faith because that's the only way into heaven. And so, Lord, on this morning... We are often presented with so many different challenges, God, based on the world system. But Lord, you have given us your word to help correct, to help love, to help replenish, to help guide everything that we're supposed to be thinking and doing. And so Lord, for my brothers and sisters, God, I ask that if anyone has been torn between two faiths God I I ask that you make it very clear to them today so they're not hanging on the fence and end up missing an opportunity to get into heaven Lord if somebody here does not know you I pray that you touch their hearts today and help them understand that the only way to you God is through your son Jesus Christ Lord, if anybody needs prayer, if anybody needs someone to talk to, God, I ask that you send them to the prayer corner where Keith is at the end of service and allow them to just boldly put their questions on the table so my brother can minister to them. Lord, we thank you. Please continue to encourage and push us to fight the good fight, God. Lord, we love you and we adore you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.